Hey there, and welcome back to the Youth of the Nation podcast. And I'm here with my friend Kaylee Todd from Minnesota. Uh, Kaylee Todd, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I have lived in Tacoma for about four years, uh, like you said, by way of Minnesota. I grew up on a farm, actually. I did not know that. Yeah. That's sick. It was fun. We didn't, like, everyone always asked me, what did you farm? And we didn't, like, farm anything. We just had a big plot of land and we had horses. Uh, We we did not have cows. We lived in, like, a field of grass and we would cut it down and make food for our horses. But other than that, we didn't. So you used to be a farmer? Yeah. Technically. Technically, yes. That's gangster. Did I spend my summers stacking hay bales? Yes. Yes. You probably have buff triceps then. You know what? I'd like <laughs> to think so. <laughs> like um, uh, so, do you ever think, total random question, but farm life, killing cows, I know it's getting weird, but <laughs> did you ever feel bad for eating like a burger because you lived the farm life, so you kind of know the farm life? Um, I didn't know any cows personally. Hmm. So I think that helps. Um, but I do, I can't afford this right now, but eventually when I have a little bit more income, I think that it's really important to support local farmers. And so buying meat from local farmers and butchers, uh, because it is their livelihood. And also I feel like you have a little bit more control over what you're getting. Uh, but that's a soapbox that I wasn't mm. planning on getting no, on today. On soapbox, so. <laughs> Wait, are you vegan? No. Why did I think you were vegan? Ooh, not even a little bit. Not even close. Mm-mm, I had steak tacos last night. Have for I dinner. asked you this question before? No, I don't think so. Huh. So, yeah, so me and Kaylee know each other. <laughs> we're co workers, so you guys know. Um, and I just started working at the church she's been working at for how long? I've been there for two and a half years. Okay, so you've been there for a grip. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've been there for about seven months, um, and she is great. What is your position title? So, I work at two different locations campuses of life center um at the central campus i'm the volunteer coordinator and so i sort of facilitate the process of people who want to get on serve teams Uh, i connect them with team leaders and i communicate with them through their background check process and stuff like that Uh, and then at a campus in the north end of tacoma called the sanctuary which is also a house of prayer Um, i'm the administrative assistant so i assist the lead pastor nice. uh i do a little bit of graphic design i do some social media so I, you just you got a hand in all of it i do that's and awesome. it's so fun i love the variety yeah that's huge um volunteer corner so pretty much you make sure that i don't get fired so because because there's a volunteer with no background check pretty much right, right? awesome yeah. that's huge we need those yeah we do need those <laughs> i've had a couple volunteers who I go into a system and there's no background check and then you got to tell them awkwardly, hey, bro, you can't come tonight. Because yep. <laughs> so and she does. She does a great job. Been to a couple events that she hosts and puts on. So they've been phenomenal. Um, and then tell us real quick about your story of how you got to Tacoma because you're not from here. I'm not from here. You're a Minnesota fan. You're a Vikings fan. Yeah. Are you a Twins fan too? All the Minnesota sports. Okay. What else? I'm just very familiar. Oh, my gosh. My dad used to have season tickets to the Timberwolves. <sighs> wow. Yeah. That's awesome. I so, went all the time when not, I was a kid. I mean, this isn't to be mean, but for the Timberwolves, you're not used to a lot of winning lately, are you? I'm used to a lot of disappointment in yeah. general. Um, <laughs> I feel like it's made me more uh, resilient as a person <laughs> in good. general in my life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I don't mean to talk about your losing basketball team, but real quick, four minutes. How did you get from Minnesota, which is Midwest mm-hmm. over there, mm-hmm. to Tacoma, Recording at the sanctuary today. Yeah. Um, 
I had a little bit of familiarity with the Seattle Tacoma area. Well, I had never heard of Tacoma, but mm. my, I have an aunt and uncle and some cousins who live in Seattle. So I'd been out, I think only once to visit them for one of their weddings. Uh, and then when I graduated from college in 2015 with a public relations major, I, um, didn't necessarily have a lot of drive to go to like a career path right away. Yeah. Um, which I felt weird about because I was like getting ready to graduate and my friends were getting jobs and I just kind of was like, oh, I'll just work at the Harley Davidson store again that I used to work at when I was... You worked at a Harley Davidson yeah, store? Yeah, I did. Your life is amazing. I have a lot of weird little snippets of experience and yeah. information. <laughs> um, and I, I didn't... I wasn't like applying for jobs. Like I didn't know how. Mm-hmm. It's scary and it's hard and it's, it's you're putting yourself out there and it's weird to talk about yourself and... Anyway, I just didn't know how to do it. So I was introduced to the AmeriCorps program, uh, which is a federally funded national service program, sort of like Peace Corps, but less intense. Yeah. Um, (laughs) (laughs) It is. uh, uh, By my boss from when I was an RA, because he was an AmeriCorps member after he graduated college. uh, And I was really interested in using my skills and experience to give back to the community. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I was looking at jobs in like, spring of my senior year and there was one in Tacoma volunteer communications coordinator for Habitat for Humanity in Tacoma and it really stuck out to me it looked like something that fit in with my skill set but also I had worked with Habitat before mm-hmm. um so I didn't apply for it because like I said I didn't know how to apply for jobs yeah. uh and then I graduated and I moved home and I worked at Harley Davidson again and in like July I was like I should probably do something I need to get a yeah. job. I can't just stay here some, some <laughs> and work part-time and live at my mom's house. Yeah. Uh, and so I logged back into the AmeriCorps site, and that job was still open. So I applied for that, and I applied for a few other positions around the country. And I also applied for essentially the same position at a Habitat in Minneapolis, which okay. was close to home. I ended up getting an offer from the Minneapolis Habitat for Humanity, uh, and... I had to get back to them by like the end of the week before I heard back from Tacoma. I had interviewed with them, but I hadn't heard back. And when I was confronted with the idea of potentially not moving to Washington, I like panicked. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know then, but I know now it was just totally the Holy Spirit, like shoving me through a door really hard. (laughs) You got to go. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) And so I turned down... Minneapolis Habitat without knowing if I had a job in Tacoma and I ended up getting it and I packed two big suitcases and my dad and I got on a plane and here I am four years later. Wow. Yeah. And you're here. Here I am. That's crazy. I loved it. I love Tacoma. Jump of faith. Yes. You love Tacoma, which a lot of people may not. But you love it. I love it. Yeah. I love it. I think I don't. Ha- I didn't have the context of all the history of Tacoma. Mm-hmm. I didn't have the context of people saying that they just drive past it on I five and you want to get out of there as soon as possible or whatever. Yeah. I've heard people say a lot of things like that. Tacoma, Roma. Yeah. Well, that. That's probably that's, still not that, used to that. That's probably a fact. But <laughs> you know. But you're right. When people pass through Tacoma, like like when you explain where you live to some people, they're probably like. Where do you live? There's a plane flying over us. Yes, there is. Like. Um, but when people explain, they're like, oh, I live in like Tacoma or Lakewood. And they're yeah. like, 
oh, so you live in Seattle? And you're like, no, no. I live in Tacoma. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. People from home, I usually just say Seattle because yeah. they, don't, they don't know. They don't know. And it's fine. I think what I found in living in Lakewood is more people have heard of Tacoma than Lakewood. Like, no one knows what Lakewood is. That makes sense. And so I'm like, I live in Lakewood. They're like, uh, I'm like 20 minutes south of Tacoma. And they're like, uh, and I'm like an hour south of Seattle. They're like, oh, okay, cool. Oh, yeah, so yeah, you live yeah, in yeah, Seattle. Yeah. You drink Starbucks. And I'm like, what? <laughs> no, Starbucks is the worst. You don't like it? It's a hot take, I know, but I don't like it. Hold I don't on. Like it. Wait a second. Pause the podcast. <laughs> Hold on. You're going you gonna to come up on this podcast. I'm sorry. I got to know why. Because I just I had just a peppermint white chocolate. It tastes chocolate. very okay. good. Wow. Wow. What coffee do you like? Do you like making your own coffee? I, I make my own coffee, and my favorite coffee in Tacoma is Valhalla. Okay. that See, that's okay, though. People don't know what that is, but that is good because Valhalla coffee is good. It's very good. But Starbucks, no. I know. So what if I'm someone sorry. was like, hey, here's a Starbucks coffee. You'd be like, nah, I'm okay. No, I drink it. What if someone said, hey, do you want Starbucks? You'd say no. Yeah, probably not. Probably not. Hmm. That's wild to me. I'm also very caffeine sensitive. Okay. So I don't drink. I drink like one cup of coffee in the morning and that's it. Yeah. Where a lot of people drink 100 or not 100, but five a day. Like those people who are like quad shot, whatever. Mm -mm. Can I get a triple quad espresso? No, no, no. (laughs) Well, what's crazy is all these events that we have at the church – we always have coffee, and there's events at, like, 6 p.m., and I'm like, what are we doing? Like, Yeah, I don't know. We're just coffee. <laughs> I know people, I know, well, I have one friend who, she can drink coffee at any time of the day, and she can sleep fine. Hmm. If I drink coffee after 1 p.m., I'm up all night. Yeah. I drink my, those little, uh, not bangs, but the uh, rain energy drinks mm-hmm. before I work out, and if I drink those, you'll I, I won't sleep Yeah. for two days, perhaps. Two days. Who knows? Perhaps. <laughs> but, wow, that was a hot take. I know. UK, Ooh. some people are, are fast-forwarding right now. Should we edit that out? I, I think we're going to keep it, but <laughs> wow. Don't like Starbucks. All right. So Oof. when I'm going to go get you a gift card, I'll be like, ooh, not there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but sweet. That's awesome. And I don't know why, but I always want to say your, your full name. There's some people in my life that I say their whole name, and you're one of them. Yeah. I just want to say Kaylee. It just rolls off the tongue. It's Kaylee one of those Todd. names. So are you okay with that? Or do I've you... gotten that for my whole life. Oh, okay, sweet. Yeah. So you're okay with Kaylee I'm Todd? totally fine with it. So her name is not, her first name is not Kaylee Todd. Her name is Kaylee, last name Todd. But um, <laughs> so on this podcast, I shared with you a little bit before, but I'm really focused on young people, um, hearing from young people. Mm-hmm. So how old are you again? I'm 27. 27. So come on. like, And so like... I'm not saying that we can't hear from older people, but I'm, I think there's a value. And when people in their 20s are able to share to people in their 20s yeah. and in their 30s or in their teens. Mm-hmm. And so I've had middle schoolers who have replied to this podcast who are listening to women who are 40 years old. Yeah. And they're like, man, what she said was good. And I'm mm-hmm. like, that's not even your context, but to yeah. them, it means the world. And so we're going to go through a couple of things. But first, I want to ask the question, what's your Why? Why do you do what you do? What's your call? Why are you in Tacoma? Mm-hmm. And a theme I see is service. You love serving people. I mean, you're the AmeriCorps. Mm-hmm. You're here, Minister of Assistant. You help with volunteers. And you're always at events serving. So maybe I just answered the question for you. But what's your why? <laughs> but I think my why behind service is relationships. Mm-hmm. I love friendship. I love mentorship. I love discipleship. I think that 
like you said, it's so valuable when we can teach each other things because regardless of whether you're in seventh grade or whether you're 56 years old, you have something valuable to share with other people. And the story that God has written over your life has provided you with things to encourage other people and teach other people. And so I don't think we should discount anyone. And so I'm very motivated by the relationships that I have. It's the reason I stayed in Tacoma. It's the reason I got involved at Life Center. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's really kind of the core motivation of why I do what I do. Yeah. Because you're relational, which is true. Mm -hmm. Because I remember when we met, I just graduated high school. We're at some hangs thing, mm-hmm. and I mean, you were just chatting with everybody. It's just <laughs> and you, and because that's what you love to do, mm-hmm. and you can see that. So I'm saying right here on the podcast, y'all, like what she's saying is facts. Like she is a relational person; she loves serving others. Um, but I love that you, you you kind of pulled back the curtain of it's not just I love serving people; mm-hmm. you love being with people. I do. Um, I love walking with people. Yeah, that's huge, and you can tell on your social media and everything that. You just love kicking it with people. I do. <laughs> so that's awesome. Well, so now this leads us to your business organization. What are we gonna? What business? are we calling it? Yeah, business. I think business. Business. It's brand okay. new. Let's go. It's a baby. It's a baby. Uh, your baby business, but mm-hmm. still a business. I can remember as soon as I saw you post it, I was like, "Oh, podcast. We got to go." So this podcast has been in the works for about two months right now. That is true. Scheduling all that kind of stuff, but. Tell us about Kaylee Todd Co., what it is, what is it for, what are you doing, mm-hmm. how can people get help from you, Yeah. Um, and yeah, just tell us about that. Yeah, it started with kind of a funny story uh, from my first week working at Life Center. Um, I noticed that there were a couple of typos in the bulletin, hmm. which we used to do a weekly bulletin, now we do a monthly bulletin, but there were a couple of typos, and so I just emailed the communications director at the time. Uh, and I said, Hey, I can proof this for you if you want, because I see typos everywhere and I try not to point it out all the time. Cause sometimes I feel like it can seem kind of snotty. Have you ever seen my typos? Uh, I not, I can't recall any. Okay. Well, she was like, yeah, dude, that one post, you blew it. No commas, G. No, and it's fine. It's hard. Our language yeah. is so hard hmm. and I think even having a really strong grasp on the English language is a privilege. Mm-hmm. It means that you've had an opportunity Speaking to, to that, have the education. That's so good. Um, and there are groups of people who don't use that type of language, mm-hmm. and that's okay. And I think that's really beautiful too. Um, and I've just, I'm so passionate about language. Yeah. Um, so I went from proofreading the bulletin to realizing, like, hey, I'm actually really good at this. Uh, and I took the leap over this past summer and I applied for a professional certificate in editing through University of Washington, UW, go dogs. Okay. Come on. I didn't make a choice between the dogs and the cougars Co- yeah. for the first three years of living here. It's mm-hmm. a big rivalry, but, but you've made it. I've made it. I'm You're at in. UW, go dogs. dogs. Let's go. <laughs> See, I knew she was a blessed woman and now she's a dogs fan. It's even better. Yep. We're good. We're good. We're cool. We're also, done. I love that when you said cougars, you were like, cougars? I forgot. I literally, in that moment, That's I forgot okay. what they were called. <laughs> I almost said, I was just like, cats, right? Dogs and cats. <laughs> <laughs> They're the cats. Go cats. Go cats. Um, 
so anyway, uh, I applied to this program at UW. Uh, I got accepted and I started um, at the beginning of October. And it's been amazing so far. Uh, the instructors are real life career mm-hmm. editors. Um, and so it's been really cool to learn about everything that goes on behind the scenes of publishing a book or mm-hmm. um, like proofreading copy for websites. Mm-hmm. Um, and the thing that I found that I love the most about it is that editing is something that kind of transcends different types of careers, different types of businesses. Everybody uses words to communicate uh, their mission, their message, their why. Um, And sometimes those words need a little finessing and proofing because I think that um, <laughs> I think that typos can be distracting and they can they can take away from the message yeah. um, I was kind of scared when I first applied because I'd never studied this formally well I took a grammar class in college and this is true confession I've never told anybody this but I, I got a used book and all the answers were filled in already and so I didn't do anything i was like a junior or senior in college i was like i know grammar yeah and every class period we would just go around and like go through the book and i would just check to make sure they were correct but Mm -hmm. i didn't do anything in that class wow so sorry professor sokolowski um okay you you got the grade i did i got the grade i graduated um good (laughs) (laughs) anyway uh I found that I really love it. I was scared because I didn't, I was like, what if I hate this? Um, But it's so much fun. Even, it's so fun. Uh, Even yesterday, our, my grammar instructor emailed out um, like a little article about the word Halloween and where it came from and how it like kind of transformed and became the word Halloween from the original all Howells Eve. Huh. It's just really interesting. Language, I think, is so interesting and fun. Yeah. So anyway, um, typically, if you want to be an editor at an agency, you probably have to move to New York. That's hmm. where the majority of those jobs are. If you don't want to work at one of the top publishing companies, your other options are kind of like freelance um, or working at a smaller publishing house um, like out this way. Uh, and so I was like, well, if I want to freelance, I should just start now. Yeah. Uh, and so Kaylee Todd Co. was born um, out of that desire to freelance and support um, people who I feel like maybe don't necessarily think they need editorial support, uh, like bloggers, creatives, small businesses, people who have like an Etsy shop or like local Tacoma businesses. I have such a heart for the small business community in Tacoma. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of amazing small businesses and also amazing women-owned small businesses in Tacoma. Uh, And we love that. Uh, So I am so passionate about those types of entities. uh, And I want to reach people who have been doing it on their own. Um, And so the services that I offer uh, are proofreading and so that's if you have written your blog post or your website copy or whatever and it's done you're an amazing writer you've already gone through it a few times it's like ready to publish that would be where I would come in and just make sure that everything is grammatical there's no typos 
um, and that it's the best that it can be. But in proofreading, I wouldn't necessarily give feedback on the content. Hmm. Um, With copy editing, that's where I would go line by line. This is kind of like my second service tier um, and provide feedback on the way your sentences are put together or, oh, maybe you should take this paragraph and put it somewhere else. Um, And that is my like second level uh, because it's a little more in depth Mm -hmm. uh, and it's something where I would be giving you feedback on the words that you're using um, and the way that you're structuring your sentences and the way that you're communicating your story. Uh, and then my third level is more developmental, uh, which is something that I have admittedly the least experience in. Uh, but that's if you have an idea or you're kind of at the very beginning stages, um, I can work with you uh, to get a framework or an outline or a writing plan or something like that and kind of coach you along the way hmm. uh, and help you take your idea and turn it into, into, like, into words. Yes. That's that's dope. Yeah. And you said that's the one that you're still learning or like that's least the one experience? that I have the least amount of experience in. Mm-hmm. Um, and throughout the rest of my course, um, I'm excited to learn more about it. Yeah. Um, and so there's different pricing levels for those three. But okay. yeah, that's tight. Yeah. So and you said you would help me with schoolwork, correct? I will, yeah. yeah. That would definitely be more, depending on what you're working on, that would be more proofreading yeah. and not so much like focused on content mm-hmm. unless it's content that I'm familiar with. So I'm going to keep it real with you. My grammar, terrible. Because when I type, I type how I speak. Mm-hmm. And so you get all my like lingo. Like mm-hmm. I put dope in a formal paper and the professor said, don't ever put dope in a paper again. But... A. And I was like, oh, cool. Because he yeah. said it worked well with what yeah. I was talking about. But, like, I had to, I have Grammarly right now. So I read it, have someone else read it. Mm-hmm. But what I found is my biggest fear is being corrected. I don't know why. So, like, in proofreading and stuff, I'm like, oh, I'm good. But then when you realize it's like, why, why, why do we need to proofread things? Like, for our website. Like, won't people just enjoy our website with the words I said already? Like, why does it, I already proofread, you know what I'm saying? Like the yeah. attitude of like, it's already proofread yeah. or a small little podcast post. Like, why does that need to be clear and proofread? Mm-hmm. Or my Instagram post, why mm-hmm. does that need to be clear and proofread? Like, what's the reason behind, because a lot of people might think like, it's me. So if right. I just post it with how I would do it, mm-hmm. it should be fine. Yeah. Um, I think that. In terms of proofreading your own stuff, it's kind of like how you can't smell your own like laundry detergent or whatever. Yeah. If you've written it, your brain will fill in those gaps. And so it will it will skip over mistakes because you know what you meant to say. That's deep. And so it's really challenging to proofread your own work. So I would suggest for anything that you're putting out there um, to have at least someone else look it over. Mm-hmm. Um, but... In terms of the why, I think that the way we're going culturally is that there are so many like businesses popping up. Um, people are making a living off of Instagram posts, which that still astounds that's me. Wild, um, but if that's going to be your livelihood, then content is one of the most important things mm-hmm. in your life. And I agree with you. I think that 
it's, it's a delicate balance between how do I sound like myself? Because you would say, who are you talking to? You wouldn't say, to whom are you speaking? Mm-hmm. Like, even though technically that's grammatically correct, no one talks no one like that. No one's going to say that. Um, and so part of that proofreading process and editing process is recognizing who the audience is mm-hmm. um, and helping it, helping the content be professional while still sounding like you. Mm-hmm. Wow. See, I didn't even know all that because, like, I, I remember I made an Instagram post and someone was like, hey, Nate, I don't know what the heck you're saying in this post. <laughs> I was like, what you mean? And you're right because I'll be typing a paper and I'm a procrastinator, so I'll be typing last second. So I'm just like, just typing, typing, typing. And what I realized is when I got to the end of the paper, I was like, yup, bam, let's go. And I would just send it in because I know, I know what I needed to say. Right. And then I would take it. So now when I bought Grammarly and I put it in there, there would be full words that I just didn't put in. So like if I was typing something, something, and I just wouldn't have and in there. Mm-hmm. So I would just be some, some, and then just another topic. Like, yeah. so you're right. Like it's critical, um, to go over things and have another set of eyes on it. Mm-hmm. And it might be a computer's eyes or a human's eyes or whoever's eyes. But yeah. It's crucial that there's another set of eyes on it. Mm-hmm. So, and I think, Thanks for answering that question because I had that thought. I'm like, man, I don't need to go over this. And then I've had people be like, Nate, we don't know what you're saying. <laughs> like, what are you trying to say? Yeah. And you're right. It's because like even with podcasting or with, which is more voice or words, like, and so I can kind of get away mm-hmm. with not using correct grammar. But in my bio, if what I'm talking about in the podcast isn't clear, you're not going to want to hear it. Right. You know? And yeah. so I used to be like, oh, I'll just type. And today, Kaylee Todd is on the podcast, mm-hmm. period. But what is that? You know? Yeah. That's not showing anyone. So I think that's part of, like, I have a vision for what I want to say. And yeah. And you could help put mm-hmm. it together. But, like, yeah. what do you want to inspire? So share your story is what you're kind of saying. Yeah. So. Well, and it's like you ask people on your podcast, what's your why? And I feel like every Instagram post and everything on your website should point back to that why. <sighs> I'm taking that note. <laughs> Because I think that's what makes something compelling. That's what makes someone want to click on your blog post or listen to your podcast or interact with what you're putting out into the world because we're inundated with noise all day. There's text everywhere and everyone's fighting for our attention and I follow 45 different influencers or whatever and, you know, Uh um, but what are the things that I click on? What are the things that I interact mm. with? And it's the people who have the strongest sense of their own unique voice. Mm-hmm. Standing out. Because mm-hmm. especially in this digital world today, I mean, I think we see all the big influencers. Also, I love this topic right now. But I think we see all the big influencers. We even see all the big church people, to put it in our context. But what ha- we don't see a lot of people because their content isn't created well. Mm-hmm. I think that's because we see, you know, we see the rich Wilkerson's, we see the Voo churches, we see the we see the life centers, we see all those, mm-hmm. which I believe has people like you and our creative teams that are helping making sure content is clear. Mm-hmm. But you also have a lot of churches and a lot of ministries and a lot of le- influencers who are falling by the wayside. And they're like, why? I guess we're not doing a good job. I'm like, it's not that you're not doing a good job. It's that your content that you're posting yeah. isn't clear. Or you're trying to sound like somebody else. 
Sheesh. If I had like a sound machine, I'd be <laughs> wah, 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 but that's good. And it feels inauthentic. Hmm. I've done that before. I remember, uh, what's it called? Um, there was a sermon preached and I kind of stole the topic of the sermon, not the sermon, but the topic of the sermon. Mm-hmm. And I would publish it and it just wasn't getting engaged with. And I had someone tell me, they're like, it's not you. Mm-hmm. I was like, Nate, you talk like this. This is how you speak. And right. This isn't you. And I was like, oh, sheesh. So you're right. Is I think a lot of us are trying to be the next this or the right. next that or the next. Like I listen to, I watch a lot of like fitness influencers. And so I'm not a fitness influencer, but like when I post my workout stuff, like I got to be like, it's me, not, hey, I'm whoever and mm-hmm. look what I'm doing. So yeah. you're right. I think there is a, there is a level of, um, What's the word? Um, uniqueness or genuine or you, you just being unique. Authenticity. Auth- oh, see, that's why you do the job because <laughs> you were just the human source right now. But authenticity, like because even my podcast, like there was at one point I was trying to copy how another podcast did their thing. Mm-hmm. And views were like, I'll be honest, they were like 10, 15, 20. Yeah. And so not now that I'm back to like how I want to do it. Views have gone up. Mm-hmm. People might even notice it that I'm doing that, but I think it's some of it could be authenticity. And I really think that behind that is you're honoring what God called you to do mm-hmm. and how He made you, uh, and mimicking someone else is like kind of turning your back on that a little bit. And He's going to bless you yeah. if you do it the way that he designed you to do it uniquely mm-hmm. and you invite him into it. Wow. Oh, so you came here. You came on here to preach. <laughs> Come on. That's so good. I love that. So and you talked about the idea of like the three different models that you have. And so is there a website that people can check out? Yes. So it's KayleeTodd.co. Yep. And you didn't even go with the dot com. You took away the dot com. co. Because company did. is it? Co- is CEO company? Yeah, I guess. Oh, no. <laughs> w org net. Yeah. I'm an editor, but I don't know what CEO is. Yeah. One of my <laughs> dreams of having a website is having like dot net for no reason. I mean, you can because I think it's dope. Yeah, like Euthanation Podcast dot net. I just I, I don't know. I just thought it was cooler. I'd like that's literally my only reason. Also, Kaylee Todd Co. Also, just. Rolls off the tongue. So great. That's, yeah. Maybe you, hey, I need this edited. You heard of Kaylee Todd Co. Exactly. Perfect. I gotta get business cards. Yes. <laughs> and with the logo. Anyway, did you make the logo? Or did you have someone help? I made the logo on Canva. Canva uh-huh. is the real deal. That's how I make all my graphics. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Canva. Damn, I'm snitching on myself right now. People are going to use Photoshop. <laughs> I've made t shirt logos. I've yep. made all kinds of stuff yep. like that. That's so good. <laughs> Because it's easy. Some people are good at Photoshop. We're good at Canva. I am great at Canva. Um, that's awesome. <laughs> so, I don't want me to make a hard turn, but it is a hard turn. Um, thank you so much for hopping on the podcast with me, Kaylee. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Last week, I kind of ranted for about 18 minutes uh, about women in ministry. Mm-hmm. And I want to say rant because I don't believe in the message, but because uh, I was angry mm-hmm. um, of comments that have been said uh, by pastors mm-hmm. and um, in supporting women. And so, one, I'm glad that I get to interview 
um, a woman who is um, a leader mm-hmm. and also one who I know that stands for what I'm speaking on. And so my question is like, you can take this any way we want, but mm-hmm. how can, and I've asked a woman this on the podcast before, I just want to learn is like, how can men, or how can just ministers, people in the church support women who are in leadership or women who are in the church? Because what I've seen is even sometimes men believe, even if women are admins or working in the church, mm-hmm. that they're not even allowed to do that, yeah. which I don't get. And so yeah. make a long, make a long question as long as I can. Like, <laughs> how can you be supported, not just by men, but by people in the church, in the faith world? I think at the core of it, we need to recognize that anybody who is in the church has influence in the church. Hmm. Anybody who works in ministry is a leader and they were called, equipped and placed there by God. And I think that when women in the church are ignored or silenced or looked over or simply sitting at a table with all men and no one asks them their opinion. Um, I think that that does a disservice to the fact that those women were placed in those spaces by God. Yeah. And so in terms of being supported, it's kind of like how we were talking about our own unique voices and our own authenticity and individualities. I think that men in the church need to recognize that women have something to say and a woman might interpret something from God Hmm. or something in scripture through a different lens uh, and bring a different perspective to the table that I think is so valuable. Yeah. Um, I think men in ministry also need to recognize that there are women who go to their churches and that maybe the women on their staff know how to care for and shepherd and support those women. I mean, we've heard of a lot of things happening in the church lately that haven't been so pretty for women to put it very, very lightly. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that valuing what women leaders have to bring to the table, um, helps create safe spaces, helps create a culture of care and support and championing women. Um, Jesus had women disciples. Let them know. <laughs> tell them. That's what I've been trying to tell them. They ain't listening to me, Kate. Yeah. They ain't listening to me. But that's so good because yeah. Jesus, like, I'm not saying I'd get the argument, but I would understand the argument more if there were no woman mentioned in the Bible. Mm-hmm. Right? And so what I found is that, I mean, think about this. I'm not trying to take it away from you, but. When we talk about Jesus' bloodline, Mm -hmm. when we talk about the woman, we only share about the prostitutes and the Mm -hmm. women who were considered impure. Yeah. But we don't talk about the people who were legends in that bloodline who were women. Mm -hmm. So I'm not even talking about bloodline of Jesus. Like, we only talk about, oh, she was, you know, Jesus had prostitutes in his bloodline. Mm -hmm. You know, also the men were tripping too in his bloodline as well. Way many more (laughs) than the women were. And so... I think I think you're right. I love what you said 
uh, there's women in the church too. Mm-hmm. And so I think I'd be a failure to say, to think, I mean, I'm figuring this out in youth. Mm-hmm. I can't minister to a, a, a female as much as my woman leaders can. Mm-hmm. I just don't know yeah. that world. In the same way, in the same way, I would argue that, not saying that we can't, you know, cross worlds, right. but like a white man, I'll just be, I have a white leader and our club is, our Young Life Club is pretty much all multicultural. Mm-hmm. And so when he walks in, kids are like, what are you doing? But I get to help be that, like, yo, he's cool. I understand y'all world. He, you know, and then he can walk into that as well. Yeah. But I think that's huge is we're just, I, I heard this quote. I don't know if you heard it, but a friend of mine said, maybe God doesn't like the way you men are doing church. Mm. Maybe God doesn't want you to be the leader. Yeah. Well, you're, and they're like, well, I'm the leader. Well, we have a lot of leaders who shouldn't be leaders, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Maybe God doesn't want you to be the leader. I heard that, and I was like, all right, well, time to like, time to you know, quit my job. But I didn't. <laughs> but yeah. it was this idea of like, it's true. Maybe, maybe God does have a different vision. But since we're taking, we take scripture out of context mm-hmm. and say you can't do this and you can't do this. When we look at the Bible, where God clearly says what we can't do. Right. And then also says, over all this, y'all better love one each other. Um, and then has women disciples. I just, I get confused. This is just a man just pouring out. Like, yeah. I get confused on mm-hmm. why it can't be supported. And so, yeah. I appreciate you sharing that. Yes. Because yeah. um, do you think, do you think there's a fear of being vulnerable for men and when they're trying to learn? If that question makes sense, like, like the fear and like, man, I do have to listen to this woman. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like a fear. And that could also lead into some pride. Yeah. I think there's absolutely a fear that men have to show vulnerability, to show emotion, to show that um, maybe they don't have it all figured out. And I think that that's societally ingrained mm-hmm. in us is that men can't show weakness. Um, But I think that recognizing your blind spots and asking someone for help is the opposite of weakness. Mm -hmm. And I think that it can be scary and humbling for anybody, not just men, um, to admit that maybe they don't know as much as they thought they did or that they have shortcomings somewhere. It's scary and kind of embarrassing to acknowledge your blind spots. Um, But I think that the reason that there's so much beautiful diversity in the kingdom of God and that there will be that reflected in God's kingdom in heaven as well mm-hmm. is because kind of like what we were talking about earlier about different age demographics. It's like, we all have something so valuable yeah. to share and everyone deserves a seat at the table yep. and everyone deserves to have their voice heard. Come on. Right. That's what Jesus, I love the uh, great banquet, right? Where uh, the people make excuses. And this is where I find where the American church is at right now is we're making excuses for not dealing with the issues that are in front of us. So I think about the man with oxen, right? Hey, man, there's racism. There's an issue with racism mm-hmm. inside of the the church. Mm-hmm. Um, 
oh man, you know, just too many oxen, you know, <laughs> or like, <laughs> hey, women are being treated terribly in the church. Yeah. You know, I just got married. I can't really deal with that right now. Mm-hmm. The master gets angry and uh, he's like, hey, get these people. Go get everyone else. And as I, because I don't think we even put in the image of who's at that table. They're gross. They're, they're not, they're, they don't have shoes on probably. Right. Like, and I know I'm adding a lot, but I think it's valid to say there is people of different races, cultures, just mm-hmm. inside this master, this king's um, banquet that he has once a year. And wild to me that he sits, and I'm probably thinking he's sitting there like, wow, this is the community I'm in. Mm-hmm. He says, even though we have, we invite everybody, there's more room. Shoot, you better go around the hay bales. Like, I don't care. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, you know, you better go to the farm yeah. and start grabbing people. And so, <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. It is God's kingdom. I think a lot of us are going to be confused. Um, not me. I don't think I will be. I don't think I'll be confused. But I think a lot of people are going to be shocked when they go to the kingdom. And there's some people that they thought weren't going to be there. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of color there that they're like, oh, wait. So. Yeah. I don't know. So I'm just just shooting thoughts off you right now. No, absolutely. And I think, I mean, this has been a conversation in our church lately as well uh and it's something that is so beautiful and valuable Mm -hmm. to bring up and because these issues aren't just going to go away if we ignore them uh like god is all powerful but he works through humans Mm -hmm. and so it's up to us he said he would it's up to us to to create space and i think especially it's up to the people who maybe have more privilege to use that to create space for people who may not have access. It's true. You know, I've always wrestled with this idea of, you know, white privilege or male privilege or all these privileges Mm -hmm. and basically just people who have more power. Um, And what I found is there's no issue. This is why I'm like such a champion. I try to be such a champion and I'm learning and I say stupid stuff all the time. Mm But I'm a champion of women in ministry because it doesn't hurt my mission. It doesn't hurt who I am as a man to say, man, I believe in this. Mm-hmm. And also to be like, to stand up. And same with white privilege. Now, I'm not a white man. Mm-hmm. Part of me is, but I'm not, I don't look like a white man. <laughs> but, you know, for, I mean, you're a white woman. And mm-hmm. so, like, for you, it doesn't hurt you. It doesn't, what, what does it say to say, yeah, you know what? There's some privileges that I'll get. That some people of color just won't get. Mm-hmm. And that's not to say, like, you are out here like, hey, look at my privilege. Because right. I don't believe that. But it's saying, I see that. Like you mm-hmm. said, if we're not looking at it, mm-hmm. then we're never going to deal with it. And then we're like, man, why aren't people coming to our church? It's like, because you're not dealing with this, yeah. this issue. The most beautiful thing I've ever seen is uh, when, you know, a lot of black males are being killed mm-hmm. uh, in the streets. Uh, there's one church where the black male walked in. And he was like, oh, well, here we go. He's addressing the problem. Mm-hmm. And they stopped service and they just listened and prayed. Yeah. The pastor came down. They had like worship music, I think. And then pastors just listened and prayed. Mm-hmm. They listened. They yeah. weren't like, oh, let's, let's just pray for the unrest in America. Okay, amen. Well, let me tell you about sin. You know, like that wasn't right. it. It was, there's an issue. My sermon, cool, whatever. We can talk about that next week. But right now there's people hurting mm-hmm. and you listened. And so, yeah. Yeah. 
and there's women hurting right now. So more listening in general yeah. is what we need. And I think just there's a humility in listening to understand and potentially be corrected mm-hmm. versus listening to respond or defend your privilege or say, well, I'm not like them because I, you know, whatever. Um, and that, that whole attitude just distracts from the core of the issue, which is like, I'm sitting across the table from you right now and I want to listen to you and it's not about me Hmm. right now. And that's okay. And like you said, that doesn't take away from, my mission and my why and what I'm doing. And it doesn't really hurt me at all Mm -hmm. to sit back and listen and learn and be willing to be corrected. Yeah. Because that's when we become allies. You know, we talked about it in our equity team meeting for the church. And this idea of, I have a story where there was a a white kid. He's in this room full of uh, a lot of kids of color. Um, from all types, you know, African Americans to mm-hmm. Asian American, everywhere. Um, some people don't like being called American, so Asian or African people, and yeah. and they they're hurt. They're hurt for some situation, and he's just as hurt as they are mm-hmm. for what he's seen happen in my life. Mm-hmm. And so, while he's never seen and he'll never feel the pain I feel, he goes that i mean i was gonna say a bad word but that sucks Mm -hmm. i don't like that Mm -hmm. i'm hurt for him yeah and then so the kids of color are like whoa what is this white dude doing and i and now he's cool with all of them that's just who he is Mm -hmm. um i think because one he has a leader that's totally looks different than him Mm -hmm. but he's been judged for just walking with me down the street because of who he is and who i am yeah but he's seen the pain may not feel the pain, but he sees it. And we're able to yeah. look at it. So you're right. More listening. Because mm-hmm. I, I used to do that a lot. Is I'd listen like, okay, cool. Now here's my story. Right. And I was like, Nate, shut up. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> They just want to talk about them. Yeah. And let them do that. And so. It's hard yeah. to kind of defeat that mm-hmm. mindset. Because I do that too. And it's not because I want to talk over someone or I want to take anything away from their story. It's I want to relate to them. And I get overexcited. (laughs) I'm like, I have a story about that too. But like, I heard you and I listened to you, I promise. And so it is, I've been personally just in my life working on that tendency um, because I lead Young Life and I I mentor college girls and they're amazing. And I want to relate to them and I want to tell them stories from when I was in college because I'm not that far out of college um, <laughs> as a 27-year-old. Sometimes it feels like that when I make pop culture references, mm-hmm. but it's fine. Um, but you learn so much more if you just sit and listen yeah. and and recognize the times that it's not about you. Hmm. I'm asking you another question. Okay. How do you as a woman relate to Jesus who's a male? So... And this is just me speaking on behalf of me. I know I'm a church employee, but nothing that I've said so far or (laughs) (laughs) will say for the rest of this podcast is like a reflection of Life Center's views. I want to make that clear. But in my own spirituality, in my own faith, I have been learning and leaning into the maternal qualities of God lately. I know. I'm lifting my hands up in praise (laughs) right now if you can't tell. Wow. 
Because God, even though in our in our NLT Bible or whatever, God is referred to as he, and that's totally fine. But I think that, and I'm going to get really real, but I think that for people like me who maybe don't have a great relationship with their father, mm-hmm. it's hard to receive the love of God mm-hmm. fully if you haven't fully received or or learned how to receive yeah. the love of your father. And this is nothing against my dad. We are working towards yeah. a relationship right now and it's it's getting better and better every day and I've been praying about it and it's and we have like church to relate to now, which is really great because yeah. he is super involved in his church in Minnesota. Um, but I did spend a time in my life like not feeling that fatherly love. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I was introduced to the idea of like the maternal qualities of God, yeah. that is something that just absolutely like transformed my faith because I feel like when you think of mom or at least when I think of mom I am not going to project my own relationship with my parents on anybody else because I know that people have such varying and difficult family stories but when I think of my mom she's so warm and she's so caring and she's so steadfast and these are all qualities of God that I have learned about through that yeah yeah that's awesome That's sick. Um, and I think, man, I'm like overwhelmed by that because I think so often we forget that God, while referred to, like you said, as he, there are maternal characteristics mm-hmm. to who he is. Yeah. Um, it's because I think what we forget is, I, I le- I've been learning this in theology classes, but we only can know so much about an infinite God. Yeah. We are finite beings mm-hmm. with infinite soul, spirit, whatever you want to call it. But we are, um, we're finite and we can only know so much. We think we can know everything. And so like what you said might be like, oh, how does she say that? But it's like, you're right. Because I had, to, I had to wrestle that question of like, I'm a man. I see Jesus. I see he. I'm like, yup, I'm like him. Mm-hmm. But when I, me as well, didn't have, I didn't have a strong relationship with my father. It's like, I'm looking at it and I'm like. Well, then how do I see God as a man mm-hmm. when I've only seen women? I've seen God through more motherly figures in my life mm-hmm. than I have through men of God. Now, recently, now I have been able mm-hmm. to see that. But you're right. Um, I love that. I just want to hear it, you know, and I think that's a great because I've been wrestling with this idea of yeah. like, um, remember the shack when they put God as a black woman? Mm-hmm. People are like, God's not one. They're like, God's not black. <laughs> Come on, people. Okay, anyway. (laughs) And they're like, God's not a woman. And so I'm not going to sit here and tell you what to believe. Yeah. But I'm like, what are our thoughts? Mm -hmm. There's characteristics. And I Mm -hmm. believe that's showing a characteristic of who God is. Yeah. God can be a sassy black woman. You might not like that. And people might stop following me on my podcast. I don't care. But what I'm trying to say is, is that. Once we can see God for holy, mm-hmm. um, who he is mm-hmm. in the spirit and the son, yeah. uh, I believe we have a more whole gospel. I just yeah. wanted to hear what you thought about that. Yeah. Well, and, and I'm not at all arguing that Jesus was a man. That was a fact. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> and so in terms of my relationship with, with Jesus, like Jesus championed women. Mm-hmm. Jesus. So you, th- do you, so you feel championed. Yeah. But, yeah absolutely. Okay. Jesus like, rose from the grave and told two women. First. I love that. 
the man was like, yo, Jesus come. They were like, <laughs> oh, okay. Uh-huh. That's deep. Yeah. And and I used to have a phone case, and I don't remember exactly what it said, but mm-hmm. on the back it was like, Jesus stood up for women, loved women, championed women. It was like all this beautiful language about how Jesus treated women. Yeah. And it's it's totally so evident throughout the Gospels and throughout Scripture of like how much he lifted them up mm-hmm. and saw them and he saw he saw and acknowledged women that were being ignored yeah. and looked down upon and mistreated throughout his ministry mm-hmm. and i think that like jesus was brought into the world by a woman it's just i'm going off right now I and i can't this. stop i just like it's just so beautiful The gospel would not be able to be the gospel without a woman. Mm -hmm. Without a woman. Yeah. And so what I'm finding is when we men preach, um, you can proofread that. That was terrible. But when we (laughs) as men, me as a man, when we preach, I try not to, we usually preach like Samaritan woman. We don't usually preach about how she is pretty much one of the first pastors because in John 4, mission starts she goes he goes yo i'm the life water come to me she goes and she pastors mm-hmm. to her whole community yeah come on yeah but what do we talk about well she had five husbands mm-hmm. and, okay anyway but like you're right man champion champion mm-hmm. and the gospel that whole town when i got saved without a woman now jesus of course is the catalyst of that yeah but in human conditions human terms mm-hmm. that woman's not there um where does the gospel go? Right. Now, sure, we could say it would go to someone else, but mm-hmm. in that in that instant. But you're right. Gospel could not happen. Yeah. Unless Jesus was born through a woman. And that was God's plan oh. before the beginning of time. Yes. Yes. And then, you know, even the fall, we're like, well, Eve ate the tree. Well, did you know Adam's first sin was not telling her, like, hey, maybe we shouldn't do this and just watching her like mm-hmm. a dummy, like us men do. And we just, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But all that to be said, it did, I'm not trying to say I'm a man hater. Because I'm a dude. Oh, I'm not either. And, no, and I'm not saying you are. <laughs> but I think what can happen is you have to be on this side or this side. Yes. And, what I, and I love what um, what Miles McPherson says on that video we watched on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll link it in the podcast notes. But he says, there's a third option. That third option is what does the kingdom say and yeah. what does God say? Yeah. Man or woman. God says both. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like. Yeah. Both are equally valuable. Yeah. Yeah. The, who, who do we preach the gospel to? This or that. God says all of them. Mm-hmm. Like, there's, that's what the kingdom says. And so, yeah. Yeah, we could probably go on for four more hours. We absolutely could. I know topic. we could. <laughs> so, but I appreciate that. Because, again, what I love about this is, yeah, this is going to go out to people. But I'm learning as I go mm-hmm. on in this podcast. And so, um, oh, also by, so you guys don't know, a woman walked in, said hello. And I just didn't feel like stopping it. And so, me and Kaylee were like, and then uh, she just walked in and walked out. Yeah. Walked in, but. She is one of the matriarchs of the sanctuary campus. Yes. Her name is literally Mrs. Hope. Her Ooh. last name is Hope. Wow. And she comes and cares for this place. And she makes the coffee on Sunday mornings. And she is one of the most powerful prayer warriors that I, I have ever met in my life speaking of women in ministry i when she this is my when she was walking in i was like she's a beast i don't know why but i was like (laughs) she's the real deal yeah because and that's why so yeah but kaylee i appreciate you 
Sorry, Kaylee Todd. I can't mess up your name now. Uh, <laughs> Kaylee Todd, I appreciate you. Thanks for recording this podcast with me. Yeah, this was uh, fun. We got like an hour of content. Oh, like, man. Yeah. Really? <laughs> <laughs> yes. It's one fifteen right oh now. Oh, my gosh. So, um, sorry if I took away from your work, but um, I thank you for being a woman that's championing women yeah. um, in ministry and teaching uh, men like me and hopefully men who listen to this about that. Um, and also for your business, right? Your yeah, baby business. My but baby your business. business. It's right not a now. business for babies. It's just a new business. <laughs> yes. It could be. No, I mean, not for babies. <laughs> why not? Um, so, real quick social media, uh, website. We kind of talked about it, but just go over that real quick and how people can maybe follow you. Yeah. So, Instagram is at Kaylee Todd Co. Um, and are you going to link it or should I spell it? it? Okay. It's Kaylee's not spelled in a normal way. Um, and then the website is KayleeTodd.co. Awesome. Pretty simple. And people can follow you. They can. And they can ask for proofreading stuff Mm -hmm. or questions about this. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Sweet. Well, thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you. I want to thank you guys for listening to episode 60. I think I always get these episodes wrong, but (laughs) thank you for listening to episode 60 of the youth of the nation podcast. I'll catch y'all next week. Peace.